Let's start with the basic building blocks of Christianity, explained in simple ways. There are downloadable Bible verses to read for each short video, explore and consider questions about faith, and grow in your connection with Jesus. Welcome to Mosaic Plus, the online learning resource from Mosaic Church Coventry. In this session, we're going to look at how we spot right from wrong as part of the Changing Your Lifestyle series. And then next time, we're going to think about how we live a life of purpose. So let's jump right in and try to answer the question, how do we know right from wrong? People have been arguing for centuries about this moral dilemma, and they've discovered that reaching any conclusion is almost impossible without a clear starting point. Yet nowadays, everybody seems to have their own version of what passes for acceptable. The mantra of culture revolves around this idea that if you're not hurting anyone deliberately, you can pretty much get away with whatever you want. That is, of course, until the trends in society shift and the goalposts of acceptability change yet again. It turns out personal opinions and cultural norms are not a very good compass or benchmark by which to live our lives. Yet knowing right from wrong is so much more than a philosophical discussion because it impacts the choices that we make every single day. So how do we learn to discern as a follower of Jesus? It starts with the heart. Let's consider for a moment why we're even bothering to have this conversation. Surely if we follow our gut feeling, we'll be okay, right? Why can't we do what every Disney movie tells us to do and follow our heart? While most people have an inbuilt sense of morality, yet our inbuilt desires often override our principles in the heat of a moment. For example, people might believe in the principle that adultery is wrong, but when faced with a serious temptation, they don't always stick to their promises. The book of Jeremiah reminds us that the heart is deceitful above all things. It often tricks us to try to get what we desire in a moment rather than what we need over a lifetime. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You see, the heart is the source of all our thoughts, our beliefs, our behaviours and our actions. And we need to guard it like the richest of treasures. We were never meant to follow our heart. We were always meant to lead it. You see, it's possible to say the right words and do the right things on the outside yeah, our hearts be far from God. Our motivation matters to God. Jesus knew that stinking thinking drives our negative speech and activity. He said to his followers that the things that come out of a person's mouth come from their heart, and that's what defiles them. For the heart is the birthplace of evil thoughts, Jesus said. It's a place where murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony and slander are born. Therefore, we have to focus on leading our heart and not following it. How do we do this? We need Christ as our compass, the Bible as our benchmark, and the Holy Spirit as our guide. So Christ is our compass. Jesus described himself as the way, the truth, and the life. If we wanna know how to behave, what to do, or how to respond in any situation, Jesus is the perfect role model. He's the way. 
in giving us those commandments to love God and love other people, we are given two filters to help us discern right from wrong. If ever you want to know what the next best thing to do is, we can always look at the teaching and example of Jesus. You see, we're called to love God with all our hearts and not let anything get in the way of that goal. The more we grow to love Jesus and the deeper our relationship with him becomes, the more we find ourselves wanting to please him. Same as in any relationship. So Christ becomes our compass. Long lists of do's and don'ts almost become unnecessary when we choose to follow God's heart and not our own. And remember, we don't follow a list of rules to make us God's children. We follow Jesus because we are God's children. And the Bible is our benchmark. You see, God's word is countercultural. It may be against the grain to, to define boundaries when doing what seems to be right in our own eyes or doing what comes naturally is often socially acceptable. The Bible, however, teaches that God's word is truth and that his word is the defining authority in all matters of faith and conduct. It's the invaluable and essential guide to living the Christian life. It even describes itself as a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. The Bible must always take priority over our personal opinions or any cultural fad. God's word is also a counter claim. You see, it stands against the myth that a focus on individual expression and the fulfillment of our personal desires is any sort of real path to true happiness. The writer of the Proverbs reminds us that wisdom is what we need to be seeking. We're to pay attention to the words of our father, to not let them out of our sight, to keep them within our hearts. Why? Because they're life to those who find them and health to our whole bodies. You see, God always wants the best for us to bring us life and well-being. Scripture will always lead us in the right direction and help us avoid making the wrong decision and keep our hearts pure. And God's word is Christ centred. So if the Bible's supposed to be a guide to instruct us, then why is it full of odd rules and regulations at times? These don't always seem to make sense in modern society. Well, in the Old Testament, we find ceremonial, civil and moral laws that were written for the nation of Israel. We need to remember that every instruction in the Old Testament has to be filtered to, through the lens of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. So you might read that there's some specific civil laws in the Old Testament that might relate to agriculture, diet, cleanliness, dress and even haircuts. These were actually special standards by which God's chosen people were meant to live by to make them distinct from the nations around them. They're actually no longer relevant after the coming of Jesus because God always intended for the whole world to be part of his kingdom, not just one geographical nation. There's also ceremonial laws. These related to Israel's instructions on how they worship and keep themselves clean before God. People were meant to do certain rituals such as sacrifice animals to appease their sins or circumcise their children. These external symbols were no longer necessary after Jesus' death and resurrection because God had always been after our hearts. The moral laws we read in the Old Testament, however, were direct commands from God. These were about matters of the heart, such as how we conduct our relationships with each other. Moral laws reveal the nature and will of God, and they still apply to us today. The most famous easy example to think about is, of course, the Ten Commandments. 
There's never any indication in the Bible that the Ten Commandments don't apply anymore. Otherwise, Jesus might as well have said, it's fine to lie now. Jesus doesn't deny the moral laws, but actually he doubles down on them in the Sermon on the Mount, his famous speech to his followers. He makes them even harder to follow in our own strength. For example, we were previously told, don't commit adultery. Now, Jesus takes it even further and says, don't even lust after another person in your heart. Why? Because Jesus knew that God's list of rights and wrongs is ultimately concerned not just about our actions, but about our hearts. Therefore, we need the Holy Spirit to help us live for God every single day. If we're going to follow the moral law of God, we, we need to not just focus on external do's and don'ts, but draw into focus on the heart of the matter, which is the matter of the heart. If we're going to really live like this, we need the Holy Spirit as our guide. God's Spirit is here to help you. He understands us and empowers us to make right choices as we consider how the truth of God's word can be outworked in our lives. The word and the spirit always work together. God's spirit is present to help us discern what the right thing to do is in any situation. We're still responsible for saying no to things that run contrary to God's ways and his word, but God helps us to do this. In simple terms, we have to ask ourselves in every decision, will this choice get in the way of loving God or loving people? God's Spirit knows you. We can't live the Christian life by our own intentions, however good they may be. The Holy Spirit knows exactly who we are. God knows our background, our history, our personality and our weakness. So if a choice that you're going to make might distract you from Jesus or potentially take you down a wrong path, it may be wrong for you to do it, even if it's not necessarily going to be wrong for somebody else. See, as we listen to the Holy Spirit in our lives, there's some things that we must personally avoid because of our own personality, our past addiction or our natural tendency. That's why we need to ask God to help us filter through every strong desire and emotion. God's Spirit changes you. As we follow what is clearly laid out in the word of God we begin to learn what right and wrong really is. We can then learn to say no to behaviour that doesn't honour God. And over time, God works in us and helps us turn from what we know is wrong and choose to do what we know is right. And in doing this, we continually change to be more like Jesus. It doesn't happen overnight, but this kind of life results in peace, joy, hope and wholeness. It makes a massive difference in the world. When we live according to God's original intention for us, it's the best way to thrive as a human on planet Earth. As we finish this session on learning to discern what right is and what wrong is, next time we're going to think about how to live a life of purpose as part of changing our lifestyle for Jesus. And now it's over to you. Read the Bible verses in the link with this video. They're in a downloadable PDF or you can read them straight from the pages of any Bible. Next, it's time to explore the questions. You can do this on your own, with a Christian you know, or in a small group of people. When you're ready to learn more, we'll see you on the next video. Discover more at mosaicplus.co.uk